Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted. By Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, everybody? We are inside Highmark Stadium, and I brought a buddy along with me, Ryan Talbot, in the flesh. Once again, you obviously saw us over at Imperial yesterday. I am Matt Perino. This is the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast, brought to you by Topps Market. Uh, Markets fresh off a 38-3 blowout win for the Buffalo Bills here today against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, it's the King's Hawaiian Slider Sunday Million Dollar Showdown going on right now. Head over to TopsMarkets.com for more details, uh, and you can enter for a chance to win $1 million. Each week, King's Hawaiian is pitting two cities' sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you can uh, help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries or the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, share photos, and more. Visit Topps Markets slash Red Zone to enter Ryan Talbot. Where are we starting here? You know, I think we got to get started, Matt, with the performance of Gabe Davis, someone who's been playing through injury the past few weeks, uh, was a full participant all week, and we still had some questions. Though. Was he really healthy? I think he answered that question today, Matt. Without a doubt. And actually, I spent some time uh, at Gabe Davis's locker today, and, you know, Rightfully so. He kind of hunched back into his stall a little bit, uh, looked tired. Although Josh Allen made a little joke that I thought was funny. It's like, it's amazing the numbers that he put up on only three catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns, explosive plays. And he got right in a lot of ways today. And he's, you could tell he's heard the noise about the fact that he hasn't really um, produced the last couple of, of games. The last two games, 50 yards on four catches, no touchdowns. He comes out and, explodes on those last two numbers in the first quarter. And, you know, he said that the the buzz on the sideline was that, you know, the real Gabe Davis is back. You know, Deion Dawkins said that that Gabe Davis never really left, but it was all about the injuries and getting himself healthy. He said he's felt good the last couple of days. Josh Allen said that he noticed that Davis was 100% when they did the walkthrough on Saturday. He could just tell that he was moving in all the right ways. And this is the guy that we were talking about. The when we did our show on Wednesday night and we had Joe DiBiase on, one of the main storylines of that show was, 
is Gabriel Davis the wide receiver too? I don't know if he was watching. He probably wasn't. But he answered that question definitively with this performance. It, it reminds you of the Kansas City game. Yeah, three catches, two touchdowns, and, and two impressive touchdowns. He, he gets by Levi Wallace and Trey Norwood on the first, uh, goes down the field and scores a 98-yard touchdown to tie the franchise record for longest touchdown in Bill's history. Uh, but I was even more impressed with the second touchdown, 62-yarder, uh, makes a one-hand grab, and as he's hauling it in, Minka Fitzpatrick gets his hands on it, and it looks like he could end an interception. And what does Gabe Davis do? He fights for the ball, and he eventually rips it away. So big-time performance from Gabe Davis. You know, we were all in agreement they had that number two receiver. It wouldn't hurt if they added someone else depth-wise, but uh, Davis answered the bell today, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, and I think that this is a big building block for this offense because today, and we're going to get to some of these younger players that got an opportunity today, but Gabe Davis is a guy that you got to rely upon in this offense. There is no Emmanuel Sanders. There is no uh, Dawson Knox today who was out. Quentin Morris, shout out to him, made a really nice play over the middle. We'll talk more about him later. But in these kinds of games where you got to come in here against a lesser opponent, and this was a lesser opponent. I, mean, I think this Pittsburgh Steelers team – is perhaps one of the worst in the AFC. I mean, offensively, I know Kenny Pickett threw for over 300 yards today, but it was Dinkin and Duncan playing right into what the Bills defense wanted them to do. It just wasn't an impressive showing. When Mike Tomlin was asked after the game about his inability for the, to get the run game going, and the Steelers are a run, you know, a running team historically. He kind of just laughed and said, "This was a a, a one dimensional game, and we got absolutely smashed." and you know, when Gabe Davis plays like this, it opens up things for so many other teams. I feel like defenses, especially, you know, secondaries that are banged up like this one is. Fitzpatrick comes into this game banged up. You know, they had uh, a couple of starters missing. Levi Wallace, who was – he didn't even – he wasn't even a starter at the beginning of the season. Right. He ended up becoming one. Um, they just got absolutely beat up in all of these matchups. Diggs ends up with over 100 and a touchdown too. It was just a special day for Josh Allen in this offense. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned they were a little shorthanded. Uh, their Edmonds, just like Buffalo's Edmonds, was out in this game. They're starting safety. They're missing Witherspoon, but the Bills took advantage. They made those big plays, and, and they made it count, and that's what you have to do when you're going against teams that are shorthanded. Listen, Buffalo is missing just as many key contributors and starters, and Pittsburgh couldn't take advantage. So Kudos to the Bills for everything that they did today. And then kudos, obviously, for the guys that did step up in place of those missing players on Buffalo's roster. We mentioned Levi Wallace and Brian Bowers here uh, in the comments section. Uh, he said, uh, my God, did Levi Wallace get abused despite the one uh, interception that he had? Definitely all the things I saw when he was a Bill. And you know, I think this is an interesting topic because Levi Wallace leaving via free agency was a really interesting talking point in the offseason. And I thought that the Bills, even while he was here, it was always an upgradable position. I think Levi Wallace did a really good job starting over 50 games in this league for the Bills. But I think that there was a ceiling. I think that he reached that ceiling. And you're seeing why, even in a new spot with them paying him $4 million, kind of fringe starter money, why the Steelers went in a different direction to start the year. He made one good play, and he's cagey. He fights. He's that's he's scrappy. That's his personality. And, and I thought that was a bad throw by Josh Allen, one of the three or four in this game that were really bad. But that's also the step – sorry to spit on you there. That's also the step that Josh Allen has made in his game in that he can have four, five really bad throws or mistakes in a game, and it doesn't even matter. He finishes with 400-plus yards in this game passing, and he didn't even play the fourth quarter. Yeah, it was a wild statistical day for Josh Allen. Uh, halftime had a career high in terms of yardage at that point. Four touchdowns. 
uh, outstanding game for him. Levi Wallace, just real quick, you know, the Bills had a price point in mind for him when he was in free agency this year, and obviously the Steelers outbid them. It wasn't even close uh, at the end of the day between the two teams. So you're right. The Bills said, okay, there's a ceiling on this guy. He knows our system. We, we can trust him maybe in a depth row. Maybe that's the direction they were going to go. Uh, but you, you saw the, the flaws in his game today. Despite having a good pass breakup and an interception in one drive, he allowed the, the touchdown, that 98-yarder. He had his issues. Uh, so the, the Bills seem right to move on, obviously. They've had a lot of injuries of that position, too, and they're going to be going getting healthier now in these next few weeks. But uh, the Bills apparently made the right decision there. We have a super chat that I want to get to in a second, but I just pulled up the stats from the, from the Steelers' defense. Now, they did not have T.J. Watt. And right. not having – who I believe is the premier pass rusher in the NFL, went 100% healthy. We saw the impact that he had on the game in week one, what he did last year in week one. Um, that's a big deal. But look at this. I mean, Alex Highsmith came in this game, ranked second in the NFL with five and a half sacks. He's been a force for this defensive line. I didn't even notice him today. He had a tackle for a loss. He had one tackle in this game. No quarterback hits. I'll be interested to see the pressure numbers when they come out in a couple of days here tomorrow for PFF and then in a few days for pro football reference. Josh Allen was hit once, once in this game. This was a massive game for this offensive lineman. And I think that you're starting to see what Mitch Morris was talking about for weeks is like, we just want to get some continuity here with this group, get them playing well. I noticed three times specifically when I did zero in on the offensive line play, Spencer Brown smashing somebody mm -hmm. trying to rush uh, on the other side, One, once or twice in the run game and then once or twice in the pass game. That is a big development if you could start getting really good games from Spencer Brown. Yeah, and, and Bills fans, it's important to be patient when it comes to a unit like the offensive line because go back to training camp, Matt. Roger Saffold misses a lot of time with a rib injury. He was involved in a car accident. Uh, you had Spencer Brown miss most of the summer coming back from the back procedure. They had guys in and out all summer long this season. They're missing Bates. They're missing more. So now they're finally healthy. They're finally starting to gel a little bit. And like you said, one hit allowed on Josh Allen, no sacks. Mm -hmm. And the run game was actually somewhat efficient today. All three backs mm -hmm. averaged. Uh, their averages were pretty solid, obviously, with uh, Devin Singletary, seven yards per carry, six for 42. Zach Moss only had the one run. But then you also had the touchdown by James Cook. So, it's not just the pass protection. We saw a little bit more, actually a lot more in terms of the run blocking that we've seen to date this year from this unit. Mm -hmm. Let's get to our super chat from our friend here, Ishmael Monero over on YouTube. Uh, hey, guys, game was a statement. Bills had their way. They couldn't do anything. Bill, uh, Steelers, that is. Bills did what they want. Shakir Shine, uh, built in Buffalo in the house. Shout out to, uh, to those guys. Um, let's, get to, uh, let's get to him, Mr. Uh, Shakir massive game yeah. for him today and it it could have veered off off of uh you know the train tracks there for a minute that, that he was absolutely wide open right down here about the 30 yard line uh on the right side Josh Allen with a great pass and I think he was just a little bit too wide open and yeah. that's my biggest <laughs> observation from Shakir this year it's like when he is at his best, it's when he is battling with Pittsburgh Steelers defenders. There was one catch that he had, that one over the middle, where Josh Allen put it in a spot where only he could make a play on it, but he did have to fight off a defender at the last moment. And then two other Steelers were probably within arm's reach of him. He ends up taking a big hit, hangs onto the ball. In contested catch situations, Khalil Shakir, this smaller receiver that I think a lot of people 
uh, wanted to um, pigeonhole into maybe that slot receiver role. I think he's dynamic. I think he can do a little bit more, and he plays in a different way than I think you'd probably think just looking at him. He made a couple of really good contested catches today. Great catches. The first one was probably the best, like you said. Had uh, one guy right there with him, and then two coming in, swarming in, made the catch. Fell, uh, fell to the ground. I feel like that one went for like 30, 31 yards, perhaps somewhere around that point. The touchdown catch too, Matt. Uh, he had to wait for it a little bit, but he came back to the ball. He took a hit from a defender, stayed on his feet, and, and scored a touchdown. He was that rookie that I was the most impressed with today because throw in his kick return as well, and he had over 100 yards, mm-hmm. total yards in this game. 75 yards receiving, 34 yards on the kick return. So uh, excellent effort, or 30, somewhere, somewhere around 100 yards total today. Uh, for Khalil Shakir. So great performance from the rookie when they really needed him to step up with Isaiah McKenzie in the concussion protocol, Jameson Crowder on the IR. They were shorthanded and he really had a nice game. Where are you at in the with the running with the running game? And side note, my wife's been texting me about like my pocket square wasn't out, <laughs> uh, but she said that you look really good. Oh, thank you. Um, so thank that's you, nice. Kate. She told me to like button one of my buttons, but I'm gonna leave it just like this because listen. You know, I think two buttons is appropriate. And especially like, you know, when you got the jacket, you got the either shirt sure. combo. I think you're okay. I think you could probably unbutton, I, I but we get a shirt on there. So we I wouldn't do. be seeing the chest hair necessarily. No. So I think it's fine with when we have it. I, I like the way it is. But yeah, you know, shout out to uh, Caitlin. I appreciate the, the compliment. Um, thank you to Ishmael for another super chat. Uh, he says, love your guys' work. Thank you, my friend. Um, let's get into this running game a little bit and kind of look ahead to not only next week, but some of the games that they're going to play over the next couple of weeks. I don't know if that Packers game is looming as large with them getting knocked off by the, the bills North, if you will, uh, the giants, uh, Brian Dable squad out there. Pesky little squad. They got yeah. out there. Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. Went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers and company. They got a win. Um, but you mentioned Devin Singletary, uh, 42 yards on six carries. James cook had a nice touchdown run. Are they turning a corner here? Is this something that, you know, you're expecting them to continue to have this kind of success? Or was was this just a game where the passing game maybe was so dynamic that a few of those runs were mixed in and they were able to have some success? Yeah, I think I'm on the fence about it, man. I think I, I need to see more before I'm truly sold on this being an effective running back group. Uh, but it's encouraging. Once again, Devin Singletary was the most effective overall in terms of uh, what he was getting on a carry-by-carry basis James Cook did have the 24-yard touchdown run, but the bulk of his yards came on that 25. I think he finished with 31 yards, and 24 of them came on one run alone. Zach Moss, one carry, seven yards. So it's encouraging to see how all three of these backs performed today, but it's just a start. I, I want to see how they look against Kansas City. I want to see how they look post-buy against the Packers and some of these other teams where the schedule, honestly, on paper at least, softens up a little bit in the second half of the year post-buy after that Packers game, although, like you said, maybe the Packers game isn't as daunting as once believed. Uh, I, I think at that point, then the run game could get into a really good flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, one of the things for me with this run game, and I think it kind of works in a lot of different position rooms for the Bills, is that they have really strong depth there. Right. Like you've seen today, we're going to get to the defensive side of the ball and some of the performances today mm-hmm. that I think you can't really say enough about with with certain starters out of the mix and the way that those depth players play today. But, you know, you have James Cook who, who breaks off a touchdown run. There's not a lot of opportunities in this offense for him right now. But if Devin Singletary goes down, if Zach Moss goes down, he's still they're still trying to work Zach Moss in. And as a matter of fact, let me bring up his his stat line here. He ended up with 
just the one carry for seven yards, but it was a good run. And I just, the problem here is there's just not a bulk role available to really any of these guys. I mean, Singletary, you know, he had 88% of the snaps last week. And it'll be interesting to see when the snap counts come out, you know, how that was kind of uh, divvied up today. But I think James Cook breaking off a nice run, four for 31 and getting into the end zone, that kind of confidence boost, you know, that's really good. In, and I think as we move towards the season, it's going to be um, something worth watching for Bills fans with how they divvy up the carries and the touches for these guys. Yeah, and obviously today's snap counts when we get those numbers, it's going to be a little bit skewed because obviously late in the game, Case Keenum's in. Yep. Their their mindset was running the ball, trying to eat up as much of the clock as possible. James Cook got a lot more opportunities because of that. Uh, but Singletary right now has deserved that role of being the top guy. I don't see that changing, but it was an encouraging sign to see James Cook show that burst and follow his blocks and get downfield for the score. And Zach Moss's lone carry, he, he got to the outside, got a seven-yard gain. He did, did slip up over his own feet a little bit on that play. I think it could have been for more yardage than that, but still a positive day for this run game where there really hasn't been a lot of positive days up to this point this season. I'm positive that you should head over to topsmarkets.com and check out the tailgate and go kitchen. I mean, Ryan Talbot, this thing was on Shark Tank. It's about as good as you get when you talk about toys for your tailgate. Uh, and um, it's a portable outdoor kitchen and dry box made for any outdoor cooking setting. Set it up in the backyard, backwoods, or stadium parking lot in seconds. Comes with a built-in cutting board, paper towel holder, bottle opener, spice rack, food divider compartments, storage net and lid, and knife magnet. And check this out. Weather, uh, crisp weather, falling leaves means it's our favorite time of the year at Tops tailgate season and you can win the ultimate tailgate accessory right now just by purchasing the brands you already love now through october 29th so you got 20 days get after it bills mafia um every time you use your tops bonus plus card to purchase participating brands like pepsi campbell smithfield and so many more you're automatically entered for a chance to win a tailgate and go kitchen for the ultimate tailgating experience head over to topsmarkets.com slash red zone for all the details. Can't beat that. Right no, got to get one. Like you said, time's ticking down though, Matt. It is ticking down. Speaking of uh, ticking down, the, the seconds are ticking down until we deliver our value home centers, toolsy players of the game. Head over to ta- value home centers right now. A bunch of convenient locations all across Western New York. They will hook you up with whatever you need. You're painting a room. You're, you're, you're building a deck before the snow comes. You know, you're, you're trying to knock out that last-minute project while the weather is still nice. And it was a pretty nice day today here yeah. in Orchard Park. Head over to Value Home Centers. They got all the deals that you need. And every post-game edition of Shout comes with the Value Home Centers toolsy player of the game. Who are you going with for Bills uh, over Steelers 38-3? Got to go Khalil Shakir. Listen. In addition to having those three receptions and the touchdown, he had that really nice kick return. And that kick return came right off of the Steelers' lone scoring drive of the game, obviously. They cut it to 7-3. to three, uh, And what's the best way to get momentum back in your favor? A great kick return like that. 30-some yards on the return. Set up the Bills with excellent field position. Buffalo goes down and kicks the field goal to go up 10-3 to uh, three at that point. And then from that point on, it was just all Bills on both sides of the ball. So, uh, for me, it is Khalil Shakir. Also, shout out to him post game. He was rocking a Dennis Rodman NWO shirt, Mr. Perino, winning on and off the field in that kind of gear. What about you? So, uh, my player, of the ga- my toolsy player of the game goes to Demar 
Hamlin. Okay, this guy, my DMs were blowing up during the game. He finishes with eight tackles, one tackle for a loss. I thought he was really good in coverage, and he's becoming quickly a Bills Mafia fan favorite. And check out what I asked him after the, the game. You come in and just the way that you play. I mean, it seems like they're really gravitating towards you. What's your experience been like with the fans? Uh, man, like, if from the rip from when I first got here, like, Bills Mafia has shown me nothing but love. Um, they just, they, they love my energy and I love their energy, you know. And, uh, you know, finally getting out there, being able to play and show what I could do a little bit, um, you know, I'm, I'm just glad to show them that um, I'm out there playing for y'all. There you go. Damar Hamlin uh, giving some love back to Bill's Mafia. And this is a situation, Ryan, and I want to talk a, a little bit about this. There was real concern amongst the fan base when Micah Hyde went down, rightfully so. I mean, this is a captain, a guy that basically was here from the start of this build, has been through the ups and downs, was there in the 47-3 beatdown against the Ravens when Nathan Peterman was that week one starter back in 2018. And he's been through the build of Josh Allen becoming this force and this defense, finally adding, adding the, the piece on the front end of what they've been able to build on the back end. And then he goes out for the season and you're sitting there as a Bills fan. Got to be like, are you kidding me? After all of this, you, you lose Micah Hyde, who, you know, is kind of a lot, has a lot to do with the heart and soul of this team. But what I've really noticed over the last couple of days, weeks, I should say games, Hamlin's up for the challenge. Yeah. He's, his skill set, like Leslie Frazier said, really fits that Micah Hyde role. What he's able to do in coverage, what he's able to do in terms of moving on the back end around the field, being a willing tackler. That, that hit that he put on Kenny Pickett today, I know a lot of people on the Steelers side of things may have thought it was dirty, but that's just the way that he plays the game. He's playing to the end of the whistle. He's energetic. He's physical. And I think that was a big performance today to set the tone on the back end for this Bills defense that was missing Tremaine Edmonds, that was missing Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. I think Hamlin stepped up. He's going to get my uh, the award for me this week. And that's a great choice. And, you know, obviously it's a small sample size from what we've seen from Hamlin thus far, Matt, but I love what I've seen. And, you know, when it comes to neck injuries, which is what Micah Hyde is dealing with right now, they're tricky, they're worrisome. Uh, if this is something that uh, maybe he can't come back from, I think the Bills have a, a possible long-term option here at safety in DeMar Hamlin. Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, let's get to our super chat here from Matt Moots. What's up, buddy? Uh, Josh hitting his head today scared me. It was a, a really big blow him up play by Cam Hayward. He met Josh Allen um, at the point of contact and just push the guy back. And Cam Hayward's one of the rare guys in this league that when he does come into a one-on-one -on -one situation with Josh Allen, he's usually going to win that one. Mm -hmm. And Josh Allen kind of went flying back, bounced his head. I tweeted about it off of the, the turf. And those are the ones that you want him to avoid. I know his teammates, Bill's Mafia, absolutely just love and thrive off of the way that he plays the game. But that's a play that you just got to be smarter about because it's just going to take one concussion 
in this game, and he's out next week against the Chiefs and completely changed the dynamic of that game. Yeah, that's that's a great talking point. That's a great point overall. And it's something with Josh Allen knowing that he probably shouldn't be taking hits like that. Mm -hmm. But it's just also part of his DNA and the way that he plays the game. Uh, there was a time in game today, Matt, where I said the Bills were up 31 to three, second half, and he didn't get down on a 20 yard scramble. He took a hit, a few hits before he landed. I said, man, this is the opportunity. If there's ever a time to slide, you're up 20 points, or you're up, I'm sorry, you're up 31 to three, 28 points. You don't need to take any kind of contact. And, but then you get the fans saying, well, he's trying to score touchdowns. And, and I get it. I respect it. I appreciate it. But like you said, Matt, there's big games on the horizon, and it's not just regular season. You have to think long-term. The Bills need Josh Allen if they want to win a Super Bowl this year anytime soon. So it's really important for them to make sure that uh, he stays healthy throughout this year. And this is something they're definitely aware about. About Like every time we talk to Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, it's something that you, you just got to kind of navigate with the way that he plays the game. Uh, big spot today for Tyrell Dotson. We talked about Ooh. this yesterday about who we thought would start. I was kind of more leaning towards Terrell Bernard just because he's a rookie. He's listed as that top backup. But you saw today why they have a lot of confidence in Tyrell Dotson. Led the Bills in tackles for the game. He was flying around. I thought I noticed him in the backfield a couple times in the mix, uh, especially setting the tone against this, this running game. And that's a really valuable piece to have. A guy like Dotson that could come in here, fill in for a guy in Edmonds who is so important to this defense. Dotson was great today, Matt. Like you said, some really good run stops early in the game. Uh, I thought he really showed off his athleticism when he cut off the sideline to Kenny Pickett, and that's when he was credited with the sack as well. So it, it speaks to the depth of this roster when we're talking about DeMar Hamlin and we're talking about Tyrell Dodson, and you have backups at safety and you have backups at tight end and wide receiver and you name it, they're all stepping up and playing good ball for this team. Speaking of Cam Hayward, I wanted to – quickly throw in here the little headline that you're yeah. going to put out here after the game. And he's like, basically said like, it's really tough to beat a team when you're kicking your own ass uh, basically is what he said. And I all due respect to Cam Hayward. I, I, there's not many guys in the league. I respect more than him, but I don't care if you're kicking your own ass or, you know, just letting the other team kick your ass. There was no way the Steelers team was winning this game today. These were two teams at, at different times in their, in their builds and their stories. And this is a, a Buffalo bills team that, we're sitting here right now, Ryan. They're legitimately the best team in the NFL. I think yep. coming in here, unless you're talking about the Chiefs, the Ravens, the elite teams, and you know what's going on in Miami right now is really interesting and going to maybe shake up this division a little bit. The Jets uh, at home host the yeah. Dolphins. Now they're down to a Teddy Bridgewater goes out in that game. And so you, you obviously have to factor that in. But the Jets get a big win at home, a confidence-building win, and they're kind of picking up steam. It's going to be interesting to see – you know, how that plays out uh, at the rest of this division. The Patriots get a big win today. Probably could have figured that was going to happen. We were talking about it on the drive to the, to the yeah. stadium. But really interesting things happening in the AFC East. Yeah, you know, the division in terms of second place in the division, I think is still up for grabs. Uh, I think the Dolphins. Are you sure out. it's just second place, Ryan? Because I'm pretty sure Dolphins place. fans that were in this chat a couple of weeks ago <laughs> said that they were coming Third for the division. mantle. That's right. No. Yeah. You know, I, I think it is second place. And while I think the Dolphins overall have the best roster, uh, it depends on the status of Tua Tonga Viola in terms of whether they're going to be able to stay in that wild card hunt. They need him back. Uh, as good as Brissett can be, there, there's limitations in his game. Uh, when you're looking at 
I'm sorry, uh, Bridgewater. Uh, when, when you're looking at uh, the, the Jets up and coming roster, really love their draft this year. Mm-hmm. They, they're winning some tight games. They're making some plays for in these games. They It was a close one actually with the Dolphins. So I think it was 1917 at one point. Yep. Yep. And they went on to win 40 to 17. Right. So a lot of scores towards the end, but they're showing some resolve. They're winning. No some- Xavier Howard. No, today. that was exactly. a big miss, missing piece. Um, but but they're they're fighting. They're battling with a roster that I still think is a year, maybe two years away overall. And and then the Patriots, that defense is still pretty solid. The offense, you know, we'll, we'll see. Time will tell uh, with Bailey Zappi or you know Mac Jones, whoever quarterback controversy. I'm not there yet, but uh, I still don't think they have the guy either way. No Lions got they, zapped today by Zappy in that defense. So yeah, I just from what I've seen of Zappy, I just I just think his game is a little bit more unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And from that perspective, I think he gives you a better chance. I think Mac is just limited as a player, but we'll see. It's going to be. I mean, he's a first round draft pick. They're going to give him every opportunity. Ishmael says that um, Tony Romo and Jim Nance in the booth today. They're going to be on the call next week again against yeah. the Chiefs. Uh, said that sign Gabe Davis before the price goes up. Thoughts on that? I guess I'll start that off with, listen, it's it's going to be complicated now working all of these different um, levers to yeah. keep this roster together. You know, you look at what's probably coming next. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Tremaine Edmonds and Ed Oliver. Yeah. You know, if Oliver is going to get a big time extension, when is the right time to extend Gabe Davis? Now he's in his third year. I do get that the price is probably going to go up, but I don't know if it's going to go up to the kind of place where you have to overreact in the moment right now. And I just think that the cap is expected to really balloon in 2024. And so I think if you can get into the off season, figure out what things look like, who you're bringing back, who are the pieces, you know, there's a nice, there's an interesting like little side piece storyline to this, Ryan. He's been banged up early this year. What do you do with Jordan Phillips? Because yeah. he's become a really integral part of what they do on this defensive line. When he's in the lineup, you just notice a difference. And I'm not saying that he should be uh, – I think if you're talking about power ranking the the levels of importance for those interior pieces, it goes Ed, Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones right underneath, and then prob- and who's on a two-year deal, mm-hmm. and then Jordan Phillips. But if it costs seven, $8 million to bring him back next year, I think that that's something that the Bills have to really consider with the work they put in on this defensive line. You want to continue to protect Von Miller. So there's a lot of different factors that, that are in play here and what they do with other, other guys. I don't know if you could sit here today and do the three-year $60 million extension or whatever that ends up being what Mike Williams got uh, with the Chargers, something around that number just because there's still so many unknowns. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree completely with that. And, and right now you have Gabe Davis on a very team-friendly deal, and you don't want to get away from that too early. You don't want to panic too much uh, and worry too much uh, about that right at this time. Now, you're obviously thinking about the playoff performance last year against the Chiefs, what he's done when healthy against the Rams, what he did today when healthy uh, against the Steelers team, and it's all encouraging uh, but at the same time, you, you can't just be doling out this money to everyone that is is on the cusp maybe of superstardom. And I think Gabe Davis could end up being that, but they still have Ed Oliver. They still have something where you can talk about Jordan Poyer and potentially bringing him back again uh, despite his age. There's so many players on this team that they want to keep, and it's just eventually it's not going to happen. Now, Gabe Davis – don't worry about that one right now. Like you said, the, the cap's going to keep going up and up, and maybe that's a, a 
problem for another day. But it's a good problem to have when you have this much talent on your roster. A guy like Jordan Phillips, though, I think in Phillips' mind, he also knows Buffalo is good for him as much as he is good for Buffalo. He leaves, he goes to Arizona. You didn't hear his name much. It wasn't the same type of system. He had a specific role where he couldn't really go after the quarterback like he can here in Buffalo. And he he was a different player there. So I think now at this point in his career, he's more than happy being on a Super Bowl contender. And you don't necessarily have to break the bank for someone like that. Uh, Again, I'm glad I'm not Brandon Bean when it comes to these decisions, but the Bills have a great GM who knows what to do in, in this scenario. And I know we kind of pumped up DeMar Hamlin a little bit here, and I think that's rightfully so. I think he's earned that kind yeah. of praise. I mean, to perform like this early on, it's it's worth noting it. It's worth uh, complimenting. But we're still early in this process, right? There's there's other offenses that they're going to face over the next couple of weeks that I think are going to be truly the determining factor. You figure you get Jordan Poyer back, we'll get a better idea of what Hamlin looks like on the other end of these two games. But a guy like Jaquan Johnson, like – the jury's still kind of out on him. It's out on and Hamlin too, but sure. I, I don't want to be too quick with the the Bills have their replacement. As much as I think there's encouraging signs with what we've seen from Hamlin, you know, Hyde has been a super producer for them, playing 15 or more games yeah. every year. He's been an Iron Man as well, an all pro, a pro bowler. He's not a guy that you necessarily just easily replace. I think that Hamlin has a lot of the goods. I think Johnson does too, from a a team perspective. He's been a leader on that special teams unit the last couple of years. They really rely on him in that department, but there's just a lot of moving parts. And you're right. I think the Jordan Poyer extension is one you really have to consider. Even if it ends up being a three-year deal, that's kind of like a two-year deal with a lot of upfront guaranteed money. And you can fit that in. That's something you got to consider. Matt Moots over on YouTube tops your neighborhood friendly store. Kansas City, we're coming. He's giving the, the old shout out there as we get, get along here. Um, I want to close up before or before we close up, there's a couple more things I want to get to. But let's first talk about Kyrie Elam's game today. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, early on, Matt, it looked like we saw the Steelers game plan. Let's target the first round rookie. And to their credit, they're having a lot of success with some passes going down the field. Uh, it looked like they had another first down, but it was ruled Deontay Johnson was out of bounds on that play. Mm-hmm. But it was Elam in coverage again. So, Picking on Elam was certainly part of the game plan, and they had a lot of success there. But to Elam's credit, Matt, he recorded an interception, his first career interception in this game. Yeah, and I think it was for me watching Elam and then hearing what he had to say about the game after the game, I think you take this situation and say, okay, they were doing a lot of the work that they were doing on the underneath. Like Kenny Pickett wasn't pushing the ball down the field. Kyrie Elam wasn't getting anything like burned past them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, you don't want him giving up all of these completions consistently, kind of getting out of perform by a fellow rookie in George Pickens. But there's there's a bright side of this. I think he responded. He made a big game-changing type play with the interception. You know, if he doesn't come down with that catch, I think you're probably like you're even more concerned. But he does make a play there. And Sean McDermott kind of smiled a little bit when he was asked about Kyrie Elam saying, you know, it was quick to talk about you know, I got to be better. This wasn't the best version of myself. He was really kind of bummed about it afterwards. And, and Sean McDermott is like, he's watched this kid. He's so determined on being great. Remember the put the playbook on the plane yeah. bed after the draft. And I think Sean McDermott is onto something here. He thinks that Elam has to just step back, unplug, and, and celebrate the team factor of this, a dominant performance, and, and learn from you know where he might have, might have faltered individually. There's going to be tough games. They're going to play really good players uh, at, at different times over the course of the season. He's going to be tasked at times with guarding them. And it's about how you respond. I think he responded 
at least on that one play in this game well. And, you know, he stayed with it at the end of the day. He was competing through the end. And I think his um, performance in the run game, the tackle numbers, his sure. willingness to be a tackler and attack these tough Pittsburgh ball carriers is something to talk about too. It's it's a huge thing to talk about because that was the one knock on his game coming out is he was not a willing tackler. And that was the concern, and especially in a Sean McDermott defense. But we've seen nothing about that or like that since his time here in Buffalo. He's taken uh, pride in his tackling and he makes an interception today. And, you know, it goes back to what McDermott said. He can respect and appreciate the fact that he's such a competitor and he's wired to be this best version of himself. But you're coming off of a 35 point win where uh, you, you dominated this Pittsburgh Steelers team in, in every phase of the game. Take him, you know, take a minute or two, enjoy this win before going back and watching the film and self critiquing yourself. I was down on the field pregame for the Channel 4 uh, Buffalo Kickoff Live show. Uh, it, it, you can watch it live every week on game day at 11 uh, a.m. In New York State on your CBS uh, channel or online, you can watch the first half hour. And guess what I ended up running into today? Oh, I saw Our that. good buddy. I think we're going to have to try to get him on the podcast this week to get a full recap of his first Bills game experience. Bills superfan, Ariel Hawani, the best, the elite the most elite MMA reporter in the business. And WWE reporter. I know. Great he's getting after Triple it. H and Tony Khan of AEW. So, yeah, you're right. He's, he's going after uh, MMA, the professional wrestling field, doing great work right now. He's awesome. And he's always been super kind to me when I worked in the UFC. Um, our paths crossed, obviously, for professional reasons. We didn't have, like, a super close relationship. Um at the time, but he was always super nice. Uh, we, we chat from time to time. And since I got this job, he's been, he's been so cool. He's done our show. Um, awesome. Just an awesome dude. And just to watch him kind of experience the game. He had his two kids down there, three kids. He ended up bringing his daughter over uh, the rail at one point was on the sideline. Uh, it was a really cool experience. He grew up obviously in Montreal, came over to New York, went to Syracuse, became a Bills fan. And this, you know, because of the the nature of his of his life and his career, he'd never been in Buffalo for a game and finally had to remedy it this year. And what a game to pick to go to. Yeah, yeah. He's going to – I'm sure he had a great experience overall. Bills fan and a household full of Cowboys fans, mind you, too. Mm. So a uh, real testament to him to staying loyal and true as a Bills fan. But I look forward to hearing from him. Hopefully, like you said, get him on the pod this week and hear all about his experience here at uh, Highmark Stadium. Shaq Lawson and AJ Epinesa booted out of this one. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of a, a strange sequence of events. It was Shaq Lawson who kind of went low a little bit on um, Kenny uh, Pickett, uh, who obviously had a reaction to that. And then AJ Epinesa, I kind of still didn't really catch that, but it, it seemed like he kind of bumped the official and then got tossed out of the yeah. game. And he basically said he got tossed out for a holding uh, play. He was not happy about it after the game. But, you know, it is what it is. I think that the Bills are going to – this is something that the Bills are going to have to consider – and be ready for in games in this place, especially with that second half of the schedule, they'd be playing some pretty bad teams. And, you know, when you're up on teams, 30, 40 points, I mean, there's a chance for things to kind of ex uh, escalate a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The scariest part of this game was, Matt, is they left a lot of points on the field early mm -hmm. on there. Uh, one Allen, for four in the red zone. Yeah, one for four in the red zone. Allen misses digs on a, what should have been a wide open touchdown reception with Levi Wallace in coverage. Uh, you have the interception in the end zone where they're marching down the field there. There's just two examples of, of a possible 14 points that they could have added to this uh, same drive that they missed. Stefan Diggs, the Bills missed a field goal. So a lot of opportunities that they didn't even cash in on, and they still win this game 38-3. to 
you know, the Bills are sitting pretty in the AFC. We were looking at the AFC picture right now. The only other team that's really in the mix with them um, after four and one start is the Chiefs, sure. who play the Raiders tomorrow night. Probably going to end up going to four and one. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. The more things change in the NFL, the more things stay the yeah. same. They are the elite of the elite. Shout out to Israel. Another super chat says Hawani is awesome. Huge MMA fan. Uh, comp uh, Josh to uh, JBJ, uh, John Bones Jones there, uh, which he should be having a fight here coming up pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, finally making his heavyweight debut. But before we get out of here, let's give our first look ahead to the Chiefs. Uh, I think it's worth talking about. You're going to do Danger Metaglia in Rochester tomorrow. I'll be on on Tuesday. And the page is going to be flipped pretty quickly here. Um, what's what's the feelings going into this game? Is this a, a must-win game? Is this on the road against the Chiefs? Went to the AFC title game. We know the history there. Is this a must-win game for the Bills who have Super Bowl – Bowl aspirations and right now it's looking like these two teams down the stretch the AFC West is not as good as we no, thought it was going to be the Broncos near. I'm sorry I, I don't like to say this but the Broncos are trash okay yeah, that defense bad. is good that offense is anemic I know Russell Wilson is going through a lot right now but I've watched a couple of their games now and it's just it's bad news bears guys it's not good he's banged up it doesn't seem like his teammates really like him the Raiders are off to an awful start I know they got off the schneid but it's probably going to be right now the Raiders play the Chiefs tough they do. So tomorrow night could be a tougher game than people are expecting. The Chargers are still the Chargers, Ryan. They're three and two, but they're the most unimpressive three and two that you can be. Sure. I think that there's an argument to be made that the AFC East is a stronger division than the AFC West at this point. And I don't even think that's going out on a limb. I think the Jets are a really good team, and I like a lot of the moves that they've been making. But is this a game next week against the Chiefs? The Bills have to win with that first with that home field advantage in mind. I, I don't want to say it's it's a must-win game, but it, it probably is from the perspective of the number one seed, which the Bills really need to try to get this season. And you need that head-to-head win over the Chiefs, where, like you said, the AFC West is not as strong or competitive uh, as we once thought. Now, the Chargers gave them a good game. The Raiders will give them have given them good games in the past, and, and the Broncos are right now, you know, not playing good football. Uh, but the way it looks, the way that Andy Reid has shifted this offense around after after trading away Tyreek Hill, the fact that they're still so efficient on offense with the weapons that they did bring in, uh, I feel like the Bills do need to win this game to kind of ahead of them or, or build up that uh, head-to-head record, keeping in mind how important it's going to be come the end of the season. I'm really intrigued to see how the Bills deal with the bevy of new players that they have. Historically, they've done a really good job against Juju Smith-Schuster. He hasn't had really big games against the Bills. Uh, Travis Kelsey obviously is going to be a big factor, but they're coming off of a game where they completely shut down Mark Andrews. So maybe they will be able to put together a game plan. And I thought they did pretty well last year in the regular season. And I think it's going to come down. This is going to be a big Von Miller week. Like sure. this is going to, the, the pro, you know, the questions are going to come on Wednesday and he's been so good with the media. If you haven't seen the, t- the picture that the bills put out yet of Von Miller posing with Brandon Bean after the game, he wore a Brandon BBB big baller bean shirt. And they kind of took a picture after and the bills quote tweeted it pretty good. And they said, uh, big fan uh, Von Miller is a bean. It was, it was a good picture. Um, you know, this is, this is a game where Von Miller, you bring him in, you get healthy on this defensive line, you get after Patrick Mahomes, and you let that back end, um, you know, do what they're going to do against this, you know, collection of playmakers. And I think it's interesting. I think Jordan Poyer and Tremaine Edmonds, you know, Poyer being held out on Friday, Edmonds being questionable and then being held out after not practicing all week. 
it feels like there was some, you know, strategy involved there because having them as healthy as possible for this Chiefs game is the most ideal situation. Yeah, I think they knew they could probably get by the Steelers, which they were 100% correct on that without those guys. And you need them back for a matchup like Kansas City. Uh, Mahomes' team that's going to be throwing the ball a lot in Poyer, having that veteran leadership on the back and having Edmonds taking away and clogging up a lot of the middle of the field. Uh, letting Milano play with the freedom that he's played with when he's been out there with Edmonds and letting your front four do what they're supposed to be doing here. And that's getting after the quarterback on their own without sending those blitzers and making life difficult for Mahomes and company. That's got to be the game plan. Now, can they execute it enough? We'll see. Obviously, in an ideal world, come playoff time, if they meet up, the Bills are going to be in a much better spot. Trey White will be back for that mm. matchup. Christian Benford will be back. Come playoff time, someone that earned a starting role. Um, there might be a few more starters that are going to be missing time in this matchup. Even a guy like Jamison Crowder could come back in time for for a playoff run. So the, the Bills are missing some key parts, but I think that uh, they're they're going to come in there and they're going to really give a, a good test to the Kansas City Chiefs. There might not be a roster spot available for Jamison Crowder by the time he gets back. You, you might be Shakira, right. If he keeps playing like yeah. this, it's going to be interesting to watch. Thank you so much on YouTube. Uh, got over 300 for most of this show. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel as well. It really helps us get this out to the masses. Give us your final thought, Ryan Talbot. Yeah, final thought. Huge Bills win. Took advantage of playing against a rookie quarterback. I know Pickett's final stat line looked decent with the yardage, but – uh, a lot of that came in garbage time, and, and the Bills knew exactly what they were doing today. So excellent coaching as always. Uh, Bills now 4-1, and one, kind of rolling along here as we expected. Yeah, if you want to get rolling along, why don't you roll your way to Topps Markets right now. They're ready to serve, and they got the fan favorites. Let Topps do all the work for your game day and tailgating spreads. They're perfect for game day or any day. Visit Topps' carryout cafe. Check out these deals, Ryan Talbot. Hot to go, fresh, large cheese and pepperoni pizza. $14. Jumbo chicken wings, 10 count, $14. The legendary Topps breakfast pizza, 20 bucks. You can't beat that deal. Pizza and taco log, six count, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound, plus sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. I enjoyed this, my friend. Yeah. It is good too. to have me you too. in person. And guess what? A little breaking news. Maybe we'll see. We'd see this guy in the same chair in a couple weeks. We'll see. I don't want to tip. I don't want to tip our <laughs> hand too much. You never know. It's a, we're day to day on the shop right. Buffalo football podcast. That's right. Yeah. Hopefully though, in the near future, we'll be back here again. Post game. All right, everybody for Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you on Wednesday. Maybe I'll put a text message in Ariel Hawani. See you later, everybody. Enjoy this one. Enjoy the week.